We can change that, you know. Hey, well, good morning. And uh, hey, we are having church, aren't we? Yeah. Yeah, let me get my glasses on here so I can uh, see a little bit. I just want to welcome you. Thank you uh, for allowing me to, to share God's Word this morning. I want to say good morning to the Zoomers out there. If there's some Zoomers, good morning to you all. I hope everybody's doing well. My wife and I, uh, Barbara, have been here in Florence almost two years now. I think it's two years, some, something like that. And it's really been fun getting to know some of you, and uh, it, it's just a, a blessing to meet people and get to know their stories and what have you. And I was fortunate enough to meet Dane Bass over there. He and his wife, Chris, are, they've been here about the same time we have, a couple years. You know, Dane is a retired uh, wildlife biologist from Washington. And uh, if you want to know about birds, he knows everything about birds. In fact, he and his wife recently got a parrot in their house. And uh, it's an interesting bird that they got. It only knows two words. And, it, and you go into his house and it says, let's kiss. Let's kiss. You know, and it's kind of cute, but it's kind of embarrassing too, you know. And you probably didn't know this, but uh, Aaron, our pastor, has a parrot too. And it only knows two words. Let's pray. So Aaron got the idea is if we could get the Dane's bird with his bird in the same cage, that his bird might wear off on Dane's bird a little bit. And so he put them in the cage together, and the first thing that Dane's bird says is, Let's kiss. Let's kiss. And Aaron's bird immediately goes, Thank you, Lord. My prayers have been answered. (laughs) So with that, let's open our Bibles to Daniel chapter 10. And we're going to kind of go through this. They've given me 20 minutes. So... um, Daniel chapter 10, verse 1. And what you need to understand is this is two years after Daniel has received that amazing prophecy in Daniel chapter 9 when he prophesies the very day that Jesus Christ would allow the people to declare him the king of the Jews. And and Daniel prophesied that it would be 173,880 days from the time that Artaxerxes gave the decree to Nehemiah to rebuild the wall until the coming of Mashiach the Ged, Messiah the Prince. And it's amazing. If you figure in the calendar 173,880 days from that decree and you go forward in the Gregorian calendar, you come out to April 6th, A.D. 32 the very day on Palm Sunday that Jesus rode that little donkey into into the east gate there. So, Daniel chapter chapter 10, verse 1. In the third year of Cyrus, king of Persia, a message was revealed to Daniel, whose name was called Belshazzar. The message was true. 
but the appointed time was long. And he understood the message and had understanding of the vision. In those days, I, Daniel, was mourning three full weeks. I ate no pleasant food. No meat or wine came into my mouth, nor did I anoint myself at all till three whole weeks were fulfilled. Now, see, here we have Daniel fasting and praying and pressing in to God's presence. Keep in mind at this point that Daniel is at least 85 years old. If there was ever a time that a person could say, you know, I deserve a break. I deserve some time for myself. It would have been Daniel. After all, he had been, he had been praying for three times a day for years. In fact, he was cast into the lion's den for praying. He had interpreted dreams and visions under intense pressure. If ever there was a time to relax, to kick back, to kind of put it on cruise control, this, it would have been now. But Daniel didn't do that. He launches into another fast for three full weeks. He sought the Lord with intensity. Now, it was a partial fast. There were no pastries, no meat, no wine. And fasting can take on that form, as well as fasting can take, take on various lengths of time and to abstain from various types of food. Chapter 10, 11, and 12 in the book of Daniel, this last section is the last section of the book of Daniel. It's the really the last vision that Daniel has received. Daniel was a teenager when he was brought from his home in Jerusalem and taken through the desert to Iraq, to uh, Babylon. He was part of the captivity that God had warned the Jews that if they didn't follow his commands and obey his commands, they would be led into captivity. And that's exactly what happened. Now, he came as a teenager at the beginning of the captivity. He was probably 15 years old when he was taken into Babylon. And now, he's 85 years old. He has served the Lord in a foreign country for 70 years. He's seen the beginning of the captivity. He's seen the end of the captivity. He's lived a good, long life. Now, the amazing thing about Daniel is that he was pretty much the same when he was 15 years old as he was when he was 85 years old in that he served the Lord. I wonder, I, I can't say that of myself. But here's Daniel, 85, still serving the Lord. Now, Daniel chapter 10 is, is interesting. In fact, it's kind of spooky. Because we see in it behind the scenes, God kind of lifts the curtain into the spirit realm. And we see behind earthly governments into the spiritual realms. We see the battles between angels and demons, between God's forces and the forces of our enemy, Satan. There is a spiritual realm. Now, many of us are not aware of it. 
And probably most of us are only aware of it part of the time. But it's all around us. And it's going on all the time. Every time, every time that there's a conflict on earth, I am convinced, and I think I can see it from Scripture, that there's a, when there's a conflict in the hem, heavenly realm, you see it in the earthly realm. And it happens in the sphere of mankind because we are the object of God's love. We are God's creation. We are created in His image. And God has a plan for the world. And I think what we see today going on in cities today, like Portland, Seattle, Minneapolis, New York, other major cities in the United States, are parallel conflicts of what's going on in the spiritual realm. But there's much activity, spiritual activity taking place that we cannot see, that we are not aware of. We just know from Scripture that it's happening, that it exists. Now look at verse 4. It says, Now on the 24th day of the first month, I was by the side of the great river, that is the Tigris. I lifted up my eyes and looked, and behold, a certain man clothed in linen, whose waist was girded with the gold of Upaz. His body was like burl, his face like the appearance of lightning, his eyes like torches of fire, his arms, his feet like burnished bronze in color. And the sound of his words like, were like the voice of a multitude. If you take that vision of that man that Daniel sees and compare it to what Ezekiel sees in Ezekiel chapter 1 and what John sees in Revelation chapter 1, I'm pretty much positive and most, there's some disagreement, but most Bible commentators would say that that is the Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 7, And I, Daniel, alone saw the vision. For the men who were with me did not see the vision, but a great terror fell upon them. So they fled and hid themselves. Great to have friends like that, isn't it? <laughs> Therefore I was left alone when I saw the great vision, and no strength remained in me. For my vigor was turned to frailty in me, and I retained no strength. Yet I heard the sound of his words, and while I heard the sound of his words, I was in a deep sleep on my face, with my face to the ground. Daniel saw the Lord. He heard the voice of the Lord, and he fell down on his face before the Lord. I don't know about you. You know, there's a song out, I Can Only Imagine. Have you heard that song? I love that song. I can only imagine what I'm going to do when I see the Lord, but I'm gonna, I think I'm going to be just like Daniel. I think I'm going to fall down on my face and remain there until he tells me to get up. Verse 10, Suddenly a hand touched me, which made me tremble on my knees and on the palms of my hand. Now this is most likely the angel Gabriel. The early church was very sensitive to angelic presence. 
And there are angels in our midst even now. Hebrews 13.2 tells us that we, we have even spoken, entertained angels, but unaware. You know, the only angel that I've ever met, that I've ever seen, I married. <laughs> yeah. Verse 11. Did I get any points, honey? Okay. Verse 11. <laughs> I'm in trouble. And verse 11. And he said to me, O Daniel, man greatly beloved, understanding the words that I speak to you, and stand upright, for I have now been sent to you. While he was speaking this word to me, I stood trembling. And then he said to me, Do not do not fear, Daniel, from, for from the very first day that you set your heart to understand and to humble yourself before your God, your words were heard. And I have come because of your words. But the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me 21 days. And behold, Michael, one of the chief priests, came to help me. For I have been left alone there with the kings of Persia. The angel said to Daniel, the very first day you, you prayed, your words were heard and I was dispatched. Now the question is, then why was there no answer to Daniel's prayer for 21 days? Why does God delay the answer to prayers. See, God can answer a prayer immediately and directly. Or He can deny a prayer according to His sovereignty. Probably knowing that what we're asking for would be detrimental to us. Or He can delay the answer to the prayer. Now, why does God delay answers to prayers? Oftentimes, the Lord just wants us to spend some time with us. He knows that if we come cruising into His presence and get what we want immediately, we're going to grab the goods and we're going to blow out of there. So oftentimes, many times, I believe the Father says, it's nice to see you again. Slow down. Don't rush off. Let's have communion together. Sometimes the answers to prayer are delayed because God wants us to, to just think through what it is that we really want from Him. I remember when my kids were young, when they were, when they were, were little, and at Christmas time, they would give me their wish list. And their wish list consisted of everything that they saw on television, everything that their friends talked about, and everything they saw on toy uh, catalogs. Now, how do I know what they really wanted? As Christmas got closer, the list became smaller and more condensed as they began to determine the things that they really wanted to see underneath the tree. I believe the same is true with prayer. When we come with a torrent of thoughts, ideas, and, and requests, sometimes God just delays the answers as if to say, Hey, Mike, what do you really want? 
You know, it's that he wants us to discover what's truly on our hearts. So answers to prayer can be delayed because the Lord wants to spend time with us. It can be delayed because he wants us to recognize what we're truly seeking. Or because demonic spiritual forces. And such was the case with Daniel. In Ephesians chapter 6, Paul tells us that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against powers and principalities, against spiritual wickedness in high places. There are angels, yes, but there are also demons. And they are very real and apparently highly organized into principalities, powers, rulers, spiritual wickedness in high places. And the Bible seems to teach that countries have a specific demon that oversees and undermines that country. Here the angel says to Daniel, The day you prayed I was sent, but I was intercepted by the prince of Persia for 21 days. I wrestled with him. That is the demon which oversees Persia, or present-day Iran. It intercepted him and, and kept him from coming to Daniel until Michael, the archangel of God, came and reinforced the angel and set him free from the, the grass of the prince of Persia. Now you can be sure there, there are demonic forces over the United States of America. The answer to his prayer was hung up in the heavenly conflict. Now the question is, and I, and I, I ponder this, what would have happened? What would have happened if Daniel would have stopped praying at day 18? What would have happened? I believe the answer would have never come. He had to pray through. There are demons at work and we're not wrestling against people. We're not wrestling against flesh and blood. It's not your boss's personality or your husband's insensitivity or your wife's inadequacies that are irritating you. It's rather that there are demons in place that are causing all kinds of irritations, improper evaluations, and real feelings of frustration. If you're wrestling against people, you're fighting the wrong battle. It's the demons that you need to war against, not flesh and blood. See, in Matthew chapter 7, verse 7, this, this whole idea of praying through, Jesus taught us to keep asking, to keep seeking, to keep knocking. And part of the reason that we're taught to keep praying is because there is a war going on. A war for the minds and the hearts and souls of men and women. And although we don't see it with our eyes, we feel the effects of it. And if we give up in prayer, much of the blessing that would come our way will never make it. And Daniel discovered this. Now in verse 14 he says, Now I have come to make you understand what will happen to your people in the latter days. For the vision refers to many days 
yet to come. When he had spoken such words to me, I turned my face toward the ground and became speechless. And suddenly, one having the likeness of the sons of men touched my lips. Then I opened my mouth and spoke, saying to him who stood before me, My Lord, because of the vision my sorrows have overwhelmed me, I have retained no strength. For how can this servant of my Lord talk with you, my Lord? As for me, no strength remains in me now, nor is there any breath left in me. Then again, the one having the likeness of man touched me and strengthened me. And he said, O man greatly beloved, fear not. Peace be to you. Be strong. Yes, be strong. So when he spoke to me, I was strengthened and said, Let my Lord speak, for you've strengthened me. So once again, Daniel feeling the effects of the vision, his strength was zapped from him. And the angel comes and tells Daniel, Be strong. Don't be afraid, Daniel. You're greatly loved. Well, no wonder an angel would come to Daniel, you might say. He was a great man, loved by God. But me? I'm weak. I struggle. The Lord would never speak to me or be able to use me or, or send an angel to strengthen me. Ever thought that? I want you to check this out. If you have your Bible, turn to Matthew 11, verse 11. Put stars around this. Underline it. Do something. Jesus said, and I'll read it to you if you don't have a Bible. Matthew eleven eleven. Jesus said, Assuredly, I say to you, among those born of women, there is not one risen, there, there has not one risen greater than John the Baptist. That would make him greater than Daniel, wouldn't it? Okay. But he who is the least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. Now my question to you this morning is, are you in the kingdom? Are you in the kingdom? And if you are, you're greater than John. And according to Jesus, John is greater than Daniel. What does that make you? What does that make you? Least in the kingdom. Verse 20. Then he said, Do you know why I have come to you? And now I must return to fight with the prince of Persia. And when I have gone forth, indeed, the prince of Greece will come. But I will tell you what is noted in the Scripture of truth. No one upholds me against these except Michael, your prince. He's saying, hey, Daniel, the battle isn't over. He says, he says I'm here to share with you, Daniel, but now I have to go back because the battle continues. The battle goes on. 
The war isn't over, guys. It continues in the heavenly realm. And like Gabriel, like Daniel, we cannot afford to kick back. We cannot afford to take it easy, to put it on cruise control. And I want to give you three reasons that I believe that we can't kick back. Number one, because of our country. I don't know if you've noticed, but our country is in a world of hurt. Daniel loved his country. The first year that Cyrus became king, he told the Jews that were in captivity that they could go home and rebuild the city and rebuild the temple. But as Ezra records, there's only 49,000 people. Only a handful went back. The rest were comfortable in Babylon. They wondered, why should I go back and rebuild the temple when they could just kick back and be comfortable in Babylon? Oh, initially, it was tough on them. They had a hard time initially. But as years went on, Babylon became more and more like home. And let me tell you something. This is not our home. They just got more and more comfortable with it. And seeing the people comfortable in their carnality, it broke Daniel's heart. And that's why he began to fast and pray because he looked at the condition of the country and the condition of the people. Now I wonder what the Lord sees when he looks at American Christianity. You know, why should I worry about going to the prayer meeting on Tuesday morning? Why should I worry about fasting? Daniel loved his country, yet he saw so few that were interested in restoring the nation. So as an 85-year-old man, he said, I will fast and pray on behalf of those people who have grown so comfortable you know, the Lord didn't say in 2 Chronicles seven fourteen, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and vote, I'll heal their land. Nor did he say, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and petition, I'll heal their land. Nor did he say, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and protest, I will heal their land. He said, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, I will hear from heaven, I will forgive their sins and heal their land. If you're a true patriot... Be a prayer warrior. There's a battle raging, and it must be fought in prayer constantly. And number two, we can't afford to kick back because of our families. Satan never has a good day. He never wakes up in the morning or whatever. I don't know if he wakes up. 
<laughs> but he never says, you know what, I'm feeling pretty good today. I'm going to leave those people at Florence Christian Church alone today. He never does that. Demons never let up. And they will go after our kids and our grandkids if they see them vulnerable. Satan is like a roaring lion. Therefore, if you love your kids, parents, if you love your grandchildren, grandparents, you cannot kick back, pray occasionally, attend church sporadically. And I understand the mass thing. I hate it too. But you know what? I'm glad to see everybody that's here. And we've got to start meeting. We're commanded to. And if we don't, your kids will be eaten up. You're the priest of your home, Dad. You're the covering of your home, Mom. Don't take it easy. Your kids will pay the price. And finally, if you kick back, you're asking for real trouble personally. Because in doing so, you make yourself an easy target. I want you to turn in your Bibles or your phone or whatever you have to Deuteronomy 25. Deuteronomy 25, I want to look at verses 17 and 18. Deuteronomy, fifth book in the Bible, book by Moses. Deuteronomy 25, verses 17 and 18. And here he says, Remember what Amalek did to you on the way as you were coming out of Egypt. How he met you on the way and attacked your rear ranks. All the stragglers at your rear when you were tired and weary. The Amalekites did more damage. They were the cruelest, worst of all the Canaanites. They did more damage to God's people. They were constantly attacking them as they went through their wilderness wandering. Now, who did the Amalekites pick off? Not the people in the front, but those in the back. Those who lagged behind. Those that were being cool about spiritual things. Now, you may not care about your country. And you may not have a family. But if you have a kickback kind of Christianity, you'll get picked off personally. The front lines aren't the one where the casualties are. Oh, because you're on the front lines as pastor as Aaron will attest to, yeah, you get attacked. I was attacked for over 40 years. But being out in front, being out doing it, that's not where the casualties are. It's when you start dropping back in your intensity, when you start giving up your ministry that you're in danger of being devoured. Therefore, my, my challenge to you is to embrace the struggle and keep going. Become a, a Daniel. Even if you're 85 years old, keep up with the devotional life. Keep up with your, 
your uh, spiritual discipline studying the Word. And don't forsake the assembling with other believers, as Hebrews tells us. Don't become a Babylonian. Get caught up in your business, your hobbies, or your house. Instead, say, I will continue because there's too much at stake. And as I retired from full-time ministry, my wife and I, our prayer was that, Lord, we want to finish the race. We want to finish well. You know, and I don't know what period of life you are in, but I still want to keep going. So let's pray, okay? Lord, I pray that by your grace, by your grace, Lord, that you keep us going, that you keep us fighting, fighting that good fight. Keep us praying, Lord, There's too much at stake for us to kick back. There's too much at stake for us to kind of put it on cruise control. Our country is at stake. Our families are at stake. Our lives are at stake. So God, help us not to kick back. Help us to keep on keeping on. Help us, Lord, in this race to finish well. And we praise you and we thank you for that grace and love. Lord, if anybody here this morning needs a touch like Daniel, they're feeling frail, they're feeling weak, they're feeling uh, discouraged in their ministry, discouraged in their prayer life, discouraged with their family, discouraged in any way, Lord, I pray that they would receive a touch this morning. Uplift them, Lord, with your righteous right hand. Be the lifter of their head. And so, God, do a work of love and power in our life and in the life of this church, in the life of this city, state, and country. For we ask it in the wonderful, powerful name of Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus the Christ. Amen.